Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. Um, We're now going to be listening to part two of the interview that I did recently with Kerry Davis Munro, who is a coach specialising in food. And it was, as I said before, it was a very interesting conversation we had. I hope you enjoyed part one and that you will enjoy listening to part two. Here we go. So do you do a lot as well around um, what they drink as well as what they eat? Is that something that you touch on as well? Yes. Okay, so can you just explain a little bit about that? Because we've done, as a family, we've done a lot recently about um, water Mm -hmm. and the benefits of water. And it's been, it's radically changed how we are as a family. Um, So, for an example, we have um, a jar of soleil every morning that we take a tablespoon out of and put that into water and drink that. And my son has that before. He hates it, but he knows it's good for him. And he knows it. he's actually... What's in Soleil? It's the salt. Okay. So um, it's Celtic salt uh, dissolved in water. And we distill the water. So it's in distilled water. We don't have to have it in distilled. Um, And it just replaces the salts that you've lost in your body overnight. Um, And the reason we started doing it is because... I would take um, a glass of water every morning and in the first two hours of the day I was running to the loo constantly and I watched a video and somebody said that well if you're doing that it just happened to be some similar thing if, if that's happening to you your cells are dehydrated so it's like your cells are having a shower but they're not doing this the structure of the cells is broken broken so if you put the salt back in it rebuilds the cell structure and since we started doing that one i'm not running to the loo every two hours you know all the time every in the first couple of hours of the day but i've noticed concentration is better my Mm. son at school has noticed that his concentration is better um and that if he's drinking water which he predominantly drinks but it tastes much better and everything else tastes much better and his he's not so tired in the Mm, morning and mm. stuff like that so I'm interested as well as nutrition and that's what you're working with predominantly but how how much is the um, fluid that people drink important as well really important because we can go go without food for long periods of times but we can't go without our fluids so you're right water would always be the number one go-to um and I encourage um I encourage them to drink all day long as I do I'm you know got my my litre bottle here and I'll probably go through a couple of those which I will fill with lemon lemon and cucumber so it's all very um alkaline um but I would I I ask them to drink before they go to bed so they don't become dehydrated Mm -hmm. so huge glasses before they go to bed Mm -hmm. and then the first thing they do in the morning is to have a glass of water as well um before they have a, a a pretty substantial smoothie as well with everything in it so um water is always the go to um, certainly throughout dinner and when they're eating and any other time is the go-to. So if you were to open open my fridge, 
Um, we don't have any dairy. My children have never had any dairy. Um, I'm not an advocate of dairy. I, I do believe it's for, for baby cows. It's not for us. Mm -hmm. So we have always had um, organic soya or we have had um, almond milk. We have coconut milk. Um, I have oatly in the fridge. Mm -hmm. We have tomato juice. Um, tomato juice is a great way of getting vitamin C and some fiber into them as well. And I love it myself. Um, and then we'll have a little bit of press juice. So I will let them have a little bit of press juice, but only if they, di they dilute it at least 50-50 with yeah. water. Yeah. So water is the, is the predominant factor. And you're right about salts. Um, salt gets a, a, a terrible bad name, mm -hmm. but the salt that gets a terrible bad name is the table salt, which is really, really bad for us. Yeah, it's awful stuff. So we have a lot of um, pink Himalayan salt, which yeah. again is full of good minerals. Um, and I will do crispy chickpeas and crispy kale and all that sort of thing and use nutritional yeast and um, Himalayan salt with that as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not a no-no for me for adding that. Food has to taste good yeah. and um, we do need salts. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's about the right salts um, and not to excess, obviously. Um, so in terms of drinks, predominantly, I don't think I ever see my daughter really drink anything other than almond milk and water mm. um the boys would be more tempted to have some juice but as i say i don't mind if they do that once a day and they're going to top it up with some water having said juice always pressed juice okay nothing from concentrate which no. has got different added sugars in it but yeah. but yes yeah, so um that's that's what I say for drinks. I also, you know, one thing that I do with my children, we have a lot of smoothies. Um, and then in the summer, before I came out here, because they're going to be home from school, I left them a huge milkshake ready to whiz. Oh, wow. So in the milkshakes, I, I put my bananas and they've got nuts and they won't know that there's nuts in there. Mm. But so when they've come from home from school, they've got a huge banana milkshake ready with some ice in the fridge and they'll blend that. It'll be ready in two seconds. Yeah. All throughout the summer, again, I will make ice lollies. And in the ice lollies, I will manage to get in probably another portion of fruit and veg because yeah. I will use the stuff that I've made in my smoothies. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I juice... And it's so easy to do, it's double quick. You're just literally pouring it into a mold and putting it in the fridge. Yeah. Um, because I think one of the things for me as a parent was realizing that your challenges come from places that you wouldn't have recognized. So the, the ice cream van parked outside of school for me was always awful because all their friends were going to queue up and I'd made a decision they weren't going to do that. Yep, yep, but in order to do that, I had to have a freezer yep. full of stuff that they wanted. Yep, yep. So I will make sure in the summer that they come home and they've either got a lovely cold milkshake waiting for them or they've got ice lollies waiting for them. Yeah. Um, and it's about having your substitutes ready and about having something that tastes it doesn't taste it doesn't taste like the stuff they'd have got from an ice cream van it tastes 100 times better yeah they're not missing out they are not missing out and that's the message with all of this mm. they're not missing out on something that does them harm mm. they're actually getting something that is doing them so much better yeah. and you know that's what lots of the mums i work with they want to know that what they're giving their children as we all do as mums in every aspect of their life mm. that we're doing the absolute best that we can for yeah. them yeah. So there's a huge interest at the moment around this um, decluttering, reorganisation of your life based around the KonMari yes. method. Yes. Um, and I'm interested if those same principles um, apply to what you do. I'd say that's absolutely down to the individual. So one of the things that um, I have on my on my modules um, and I work with people on is 
making sure, as I said to you, that the kitchen is somewhere that um, you're not going to have a downfall. You're not going to go in one day and find something and it's going to set you back and you think, oh God, you know, I just ate three bars of chocolate. So it's about setting your environment up now. That often means for lots of my clients going through the cupboards Mm -hmm. and having a complete clear out. So they find they've got shelves of space and actually it's very cathartic for them. And some of them, you know, love it. will go through, label everything and, you know, ensure that that becomes quite minimalist. Mm. If you were to look at my cupboards, and now I know there's nothing bad in there. My cupboards aren't like that. You know, I I will struggle to find my paprika from my uh, from my mustard seeds, and I know sort of where I've put them back. But they're full of full of different herbs and spices and different things. Now, that's just me. Yeah. Um, if someone came and cleared them out for me, I'm sure I'd absolutely love that. But my priority, and I don't have huge amounts of time. You know, lots of us don't. Um, my priority is actually to get that food out and to spend three hours making them some good food or yeah. spend an hour or spend half an hour. Um, so if someone came and cleaned out my cupboards, that's great. But it's actually not going to stop me mm. from doing what I do no. because that's what I... But actually, if I have a client who says to me, you know, one of my options out there is, yeah, to get more organised. I go, great, how might you do that? Yeah. What would that mean to you? Well, that's gonna, what's that going to look like? Mm. Um, what's your first step in doing that? Mm. And, you know, often clients will send me photos of their beautiful cupboards. I think, God, don't come in and look at mine, please. But, um, you know, it doesn't hamper me. That's, no. that's the way it is. I can still find a corner of everything and I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. But it, it's absolutely down to the individual yeah. Yeah. And, and how they operate. And I know people will say, oh, you operate far better if it's all neat and tidy. And I'm sure, I'm sure that is true for, for many people. But it is down to the individual. And people, I let people set their own priorities. Yeah. So um, going on from that, is your priority when you're coaching a family Mm. or coaching an individual within a family who's looking to change how their family are as far as their relationship to food, etc. Is is your priority to um, give them give them back their time so that they can spend time with their family or what what's the priority as far as you're concerned? So I'd say, first of all, it's not my priority. It's their priority. Um, It's not led by me. Mm -hmm. It's about them. You know, if they want to... If they want to come and say, look, I really need to get some back some time for my family or lots of the mums I work with, I've lost me. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know where I am anymore. Um, then it's down to them. So I don't have any preconceived ideas. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no judgment on my part and I'm happy to go where the client needs to go. Okay. So I don't have a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I certainly have, if I work through my mastermind with people, and then as I say, it's it's modular, and there are things that I think are useful mm-hmm. for them to get in place. Mm-hmm. But it might be that that week, actually they're dealing with something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a coaching process. So the client has the answers and they know where they want to get. So they're setting their own destination. It's not my priority. My my priority now in terms of food is, is probably you know my children would think I was quite extreme and I probably am compared to most people but that's because I've been doing it a long time so my priorities I wouldn't impose upon anybody else it's about them finding where they're comfortable um you know what sort of diet they want to have whether they're eating meat they're not eating meat whether they're vegan my position on that I'm 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 irrelevant okay okay so 
I think that's I think that's encouraging for people who are listening um, because they might think, well, somebody in your position and and um, the position that you hold as far as somebody putting their trust in you, mm. um, well, she's she's going to tell me that I shouldn't be eating meat or I shouldn't be eating seafood or I have to have this sort of oil in my diet every single day. Mm. Um, and being quite regimented and dictatorial about that um, so I think it's quite encouraging for people that are listening to realize actually all you're doing is filling their toolkit with various tools that they can choose to use should if they want to yes if yeah. somebody asks me a specific question about will this be good for me or what are your thoughts mm then I will give my thoughts yeah. and I will um, tell, tell them while I, you know, the same way as I said, I discuss with my children. I'm happy to discuss with anybody why I take the decisions that I take. And I, I do think that the evidence bears out at the moment that there is one diet that is far better for us than anything else. Mm -hmm. I do have my position on meat and everything else, but that's certainly not for me to impose upon anybody else. No. I do want people to eat as well as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. And that does mean that I can help people to make substitutes, make swaps, mm. um, and to upgrade, as I call it. Yeah. But um, but I would never say to somebody, right, this is my agenda and this is what I want you to do. Yeah. Because people are moving from different scale on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and it is a spectrum. So I'd say just be aware that you're getting yourself up on there. Mm. And when I say on there, it is a spectrum that in order to be healthy, and there's no two ways around it, you do need to have a huge part of your diet that is going to be plant-based. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people work on a journey, they go on this journey, yeah. don't they, where they've, they've might maybe had quite a heavy concentrate of non-plant-based products in their diet. Um, and they've brought their kids up to be the same and because there is a lot of um, information about out there about how important it is yes. for teenagers to have red meat and all that stuff yes and I'm not saying that that's wrong or right I'm saying that that information is out there yeah um, but I've noticed in a lot of people that, that we work with as a family or I, I know through various avenues that they've started in that position and then you might not see them for a while a couple mm. of years down the line they're more plant-based and then you might not see them for a couple of more years and then they're completely plant-based yes um, yeah because they've realized actually they don't they don't need that but in order to have that perspective of being completely plant-based for instance they've had to have started where they're not Yes, um, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. You literally have to, and, and you know, clients may have a completely different agenda. Their agenda might be the environment. Yeah. Um, and some clients it will be a priority just to shop locally. Yeah. Um, so do I, it's not for me uh, and for any coach to impose. You trust in your client to know where they want to go. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and the pure coaching journey is to let them find, you know, all of the answers. Mm. So I go through as pure a coaching journey as I can, and then I upgrade with, with lots of different things that I can hopefully help on. Mm. But it's certainly not for me to impose my views. And, and, and um, if somebody asks me, and in terms of what is most, most healthy, then I'm absolutely happy to help and, and to do that as well. But yeah. it, it has to be client driven. Yeah. So, how long do your clients stay with you? I know you say you're doing, you do a 12 week program. Mm. How long actually do they stay with you? It really varies. Okay. It really varies. So, um, I have one client at the moment who's completely different from other clients. She, she, 
we go through a different process. She became very bored with food um, and just said, I've, you know, I've taken my, my sons through and they're at university, but food has just become that thing that I had to do and I'm bored with it. So we have spent a lot of time connecting back to different foods and sitting and then actually we have started cooking together okay. um and that's not my core business at yeah. all but actually it worked for this particular client so i'm not going to say no um, and we work on an ad hoc basis another client has gone through my um transformational mastermind 12-week course and i can't see that we will stop because um it's you know it's down to her not me it's been a life-changing process and absolutely for me which is a total privilege um but it's been a life-changing process so do you move more from being a coach then to a mentor do you step between those two no i think roles? i think probably um i'm a coach all the way along if um you know what happens is at the end of the 12 weeks usually they're there with the food but there's other aspects of life that are still going on. Yeah. So actually then I can move more into a pure coaching role. Okay. Um, but I'm obviously, you know, my background is the food. So I'm there when they fall off the, the wagon, which actually, to be honest, 12, 12 weeks in, it becomes something that is, is far more natural and it's happening unconsciously. Mm. So um, my mental role tends to happen more, I guess, early on. Um, and then, then I can move more into the pure coaching. And I do love doing the pure coaching if I can, because I love the answers coming from the client. Mm. And then I'm able to just supplement, give recipes, infill, um, and certainly give the benefit of my journey and the clients that I've worked with. Mm. So. Mm. so what's, I'm gonna ask this again, I think we've already touched on it, but I just wanna reiterate it again. What's the difference between you as a coach, or you coach rather, mm. and what a dietitian or a nutritionist would do? So usually you go to um, a dietitian or a nutritionist when you've got some issues. So the nutritionist has done six years. It's like going to see a doctor really, who will you know diagnose through food mm. um, and tell you, give you some recommendations and tell you what to do. Mm. Usually you're recommended to see a dietitian if you've got some some sort of issue and you see a dietitian who's gonna help you and t again, tell you what you, you, you could be eating. Mm. I'm not dictatorial in that way. Mm. For me, it's about people understanding where they are with food, understanding the relationship they have with food, how they have reacted to different foods, the way they view foods, like you've said, oh, this is the way I feel. Mm -hmm. It's about recognizing that, raising the awareness around their, their eating mm -hmm. and enhancing that relationship. It's not doing something because I've got to, and often that is, you know, that that's, can be synonymous with denial when people become ill. And that's lots of the reasons people will work with me or, and certainly usually why they go to a dietitian. So then it becomes very negative. And what I'd say is, you know, don't wait, first of all, until you become ill. Yeah. You know, food food is, is the biggest, biggest single thing and the biggest single contributor to lifestyle disease. Yeah. So why isn't it our priority? Mm. Um, and make it your passion. Mm. It does permeate everything that we do. So what I do is about coaching that relationship. It's about making things positive. It's about very practical help. Mm. Um, it is about making sure that it's a sustainable thing. So you're not just doing something while someone's told you to get better. Yeah. It's about changing your relationship for good. Yeah. So it's a very, very different process. Yeah. And certainly when you've got teenagers or kids of any age involved, it's showing them that there is another way and a different looking at 
food through a different set of eyes. Uh, yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. And I think it's about encouraging teenagers to feel so um, self-conscious about all sorts of different things. Mm, and they don't like being different in any way. No, and some, you know, eating healthy isn't always cool. Mm. But um, my, my daughter is a dancer, so she dances at least 10, 12 hours a week. Um, mm. And her, her, her passion is food. Mm. I mean, it, it really is. Um, and she absolutely loves coming home and finding what I've left her and having the snacks and she will only eat the good stuff. And yeah. when she used to go to school and she used to take a snack pot, she used to get some comments. Mm. Now they're looking and they're saying, oh, what have you got, Polly? Oh, God, mm. how does your mum have time to do that? Or why have you done, you know, God, could I have, well, that smells so good. And yeah. it's completely turned around. Now yeah. she's got quite a lot of self-confidence anyway, mm. but because she just loves it, she's not not going to take it no. you know she she wants to eat that food that i've got for her yeah. so there's nothing that would make her take a sandwich in fact she won't eat bread yeah. um so there's nothing that would make her do that it's about instilling that passion mm -hmm. so what what would three simple tips then be for you to um tell the listeners a healthy attitude to food three simple tips especially if you've got teenagers in the house yeah so 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 many tips i mean it would be it would be hard to know where to start but i do have something called my 80 percent rule so mm -hmm. i say to people you can't go far wrong if you look at your plate and you've got it 80 percent full of fruit vegetables beans pulses and the really good stuff sure. um and another way of looking at that is also looking at the color so if you have, you can cram more than six colorful foods on your plate, you're doing okay. It's okay. full of the antioxidants, it's full of the phyto phytochemicals. But 80% also, when you are with your family and when people are eating, get them to connect to the food a bit more and get them to think about the food that they're eating um, and get them to eat till they think that they're about 80% full. So people will tend to eat quite quickly. Remind them to put their fork down and give them time for their um, for their t their muscle memory in their tummy to tell their head that they're full. So my daughter will often finish food and then say to me, can I have seconds, mum? And I'll say, yeah, yeah, hold on, I'm just doing something on purpose. Yeah. Make her wait. And then I'll say, you ready for seconds, Paul? And she'll say, actually, mum, I think I'm all right now. Yeah. Because we're then full. Okay. So, so that's my second 80%. And my third 80% would be you know certainly you want to make sure that you are as i've said I, I, you know it's my passion i there is nothing more important than what you're giving your children and what you're eating yourself mm. but don't beat yourself up on it mm. so if you are out yeah, and you right. have had to do something different um that's okay you can go back and have your glass of water and you can go back and have your, your apple mm. but don't beat yourself up mm. so if you are doing this 80 90 percent of the time you're doing all right yeah so it's okay then if you're going out and you want to go and have a piece of cake somewhere, for instance. As yeah. Because you're not doing it every single day. Yeah. I think you'll probably get to a point where you'll see that piece of cake and you'll want to know how it's made and what sugars they've yeah. used. Yeah. And that's, you know, another piece of advice and one big takeaway I would say to everybody is get, in, get more involved with what's in your food. Yeah. So don't pick up a piece of food unless you've checked the label. Mm. In fact make sure that you're trying to pick up food that doesn't have labels on it mm. and that's from the fruit and veg aisle which is your health food mm. you know so make sure that you are checking everything mm. 
and also you know you're aware of what letting you're letting past your i call your your teeth your gateway yeah. you know they're there for a reason stop question what's yeah. this doing for me yeah. is it a forward thinking food is it a backward thinking uh, backward food for me mm. is it doing me good or is it doing do i want my cells to become what i'm eating yeah. and it will just gradually you know permeate your thinking yeah. So definitely let, check your labels, try to make sure there is no packaging because when, you know, or, or, or labels like that, because then that's a clear message that it's doing you good. Mm. Colour and 80%. Mm. And um, do you advocate uh, more organic or not, or are you not so... 100% if you can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah There's no two ways about it. No, no. And I think for some people when they're thinking about how they stock their kitchens and stuff and it becomes a matter of finance and we've been in that situation where we haven't had enough money to um, stock the kitchen as much as we yeah. want to yeah. but we've always 90% of the time thought right well if we've got a choice between buying that mm. or this and this is organic then we'll go for organic and we'll just use it a little bit more wisely you are right yeah. everything you know people often often say to me about the expense and i will then look at the reality of what's going on and what they are spending mm. and it's choice yeah. it's choice and i know that there are some situations where that's not the case and we do have a you know we do have a terrible situation in the uk at the moment with food poverty and more food banks and everything yeah. else yeah. than ever before and and so i don't i don't mean that but i do mean that that generally certainly the people i work with um it's a matter of choice mm. and and they do have enough money and decide what they want to spend that on yeah. and and it's the biggest priority that you can possibly it, it's your health yeah. it's how well are you going to be yeah. um and and do you want to fill yourself you know you can buy your strawberries but if they are sprayed with the pesticides and the insecticides and everything else then obviously they're not doing you the good that no. they should be no. um so th that's a waste of your money anyway sure. i would say yeah. it's about choice yeah and it's better even if you can only do it say 40 percent of the time of your total shop and then build it up gradually because the other thing i think that people don't realize is the difference in the taste as well so once they've experienced mm. the taste of stuff that they've maybe grown themselves or other people have grown vegetables you know you can yes people are always yeah. giving food away at allotments and stuff like that once they realise that a carrot tastes completely different if it's been pulled out of the soil yeah. than it does if it's been sat on the shelf somewhere yes. um, or grown commercially, um, then that kind of starts to educate them. Yeah, anyway. definitely. And, you know, there's a hierarchy in that in terms of which foods, or, you know, which organic foods to buy. Um, you know, strawberries, as I've said, are definitely one that you should try and buy organic. But root vegetables, because root vegetables pull everything up from the roots. Yeah. Um, you know, you should always try and make sure that your root vegetables and carrots, etc., are yeah. going to be organic. So there is a hierarchy there. So mm. if you wanted to say, well, I can only buy you know 50% uh, organic and I can only do this then make sure that it's the right ones that you're yeah. buying and that takes a little bit of research yeah and it's not now the 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 society that people live in now where there's so for instance where I live within a five mile radius of my house there are 19 places that I can go and buy food mm. and the majority mm. of those will sell some form of organic yes um, and yeah. the what's considered to be the lower end of the shopping market the Lidl's and Aldi's of this world they also have 
a, a good range of organic stuff in mm. there. Mm. Um, so you don't have to think, you don't, there isn't an excuse now to think, oh, well, I can only go and get organic stuff in Waitrose and I can't afford to shop in that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I mean, co-op, co-op are just off the scale amazing at the yeah, moment, if you ask absolutely. me. I'm, I'm always surprised at the moment the things I'm finding in co-op. But, yeah. you know, it might be that I go in for broccoli and actually they haven't got an organic broccoli, but they have got organic courgettes. So I'll yeah. go for the organic courgettes because yeah. I know that actually that would be better. Yeah. You know, and another way, as I said, is shop by colour. So if you're going to shop for... Um, you know, mushrooms, for example, definitely go for the brown mushrooms rather than the white mushrooms. Okay. Definitely go for the deep red peppers rather than the green peppers. Mm. Um, you definitely go for the red onions rather than the white onions. Mm. It's uh, far better for you. Mm. So that's a really way, uh, you know, another great way of standing at the yeah. counter and thinking, okay, what's better for me? Yeah. Go for colour. Yeah, it's, and that's an easy thing to change. Really easy. It? Yeah, and it is. And it's also really important when you're educating the kids that you're with without realizing you're educating them yes that they love to that see can be colors. a fun thing yeah. find find the most colorful thing here yeah. or you know you can do a competition with them to see how many colors you can get on your plate yeah. and how many portions they've had of different things each week yeah. so there's lots of ways of with younger children uh, that's not going to work with teens um but it would work with younger children yeah well i think when you when it's appealing then there's no reason why it shouldn't work with an older generation yes um because if they can i always remember being at school and my home economics teacher she did something similar to this and she made us cook a plate of one color mm. and she said right this week i'm going to tell you what the color is and everything on your plate this week has to be white oh my goodness and so people brought in potatoes and cauli yes. made cauliflower yeah. cheese and um but no cheese on the top um, macaroni cheese but no cheese on the top um, and white pasta only mm. and then she said right now what we're going to do is we're going to go and sit down we're going to eat what you've made and none none of us in a class of 30 odd students none of us touched that food mm. some of the boys might have just ate some of the macaroni cheese or something but actually to finish the plate none of us did yeah and it's such a moment in my life that I remember thinking mm. well you've got to have colour on your plate and it's got to be appealing mm. um, and it's got to taste nice and it has it's got to be it's, appealing it's not just about what's in the taste in your mouth no your it's eyes. about the mouth feel yeah. Yeah. it's about the you know you looking at it and wanting it before you eat it mm. it's about connecting to the food mm. and it's about it being totally delicious mm. it is it's not it's not about eating foods just you know these regimes where people just do shakes or they're doing these mm. different that's not eating that's yeah. not you know what i'm about yeah. i'm about you know absolute enjoyment and it being the, one of the biggest pleasures of your life yeah because certainly if um you know if you get a group of teenagers around a table and you put something a nice salad there and it might be something like a pizza or something like that mm. but that's got lots of good stuff on yeah. it they will sit and chat and eat and chat and eat and it's hard to get them away from the table because yes. the food is such yeah. an integral yeah. part of that enjoyable moment and they live in the moment so it's part mm. of it's such a, a an amazing thing for them to be experiencing yeah, yeah, yeah. it is yeah. it is it's a wonderful way it's like it's like the uni universally it's the way that we connect mm. 
Um, and so I just think that if you can enhance that and make it as positive as possible, mm. knowing that every mouthful that you're having is doing you good, then for me to work with people to do that is I, I, you know, I think it's just I love it. It's, mm. I feel really privileged to do that. I think it's such a. I, I mean, when I when I came across your who you were and what you do, I was just completely overwhelmed with. I've never heard of anybody that does mm. this. Obviously, heard of dietitians and nutritionists yes. and stuff, but yeah. not somebody who coaches people to have a healthy relationship with food mm. um, and and how that can impact on every every avenue of their life. Mm. So we talked before we started recording, and I just want to pick up on this um, that you'd watched something to do with gut health and depression. And at the moment in the UK, this this week that I'm recording this, it's um, Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, and everyone knows that mental health is such an important topic, which is getting a lot more um, coverage. Coverage, yeah, yeah. Uh, much more than it used to, and it's not being um, shoved under the under the carpet like it used to be as well. Um, so can can you just elaborate a little bit on on what you? Yeah, no. I've well, I guess not necessarily. That there, there is a lot more in the news and there's a lot more in the media at the moment about gut health. But um, for the past few years, um, I've been aware, and it's becoming far more um, available. The information that our gut health is responsible for our overall health, not only um, our immunity, of mm. course, which is you know that's a that's a big part of, um, of of food, building our immunity and our gut biome, having the right gut biome. So having um, you know they're, they're little bodies that live in our in, in our gut, mm. and it's about the healthy bacteria that lives there. Um, so it's about that healthy bacteria being able to support a healthy lifestyle and certainly mental health. Mm. Um, and the it has been come it has become called our second brain mm. because the messages that that's sending and the way that's able to maintain um, us positively mentally. Mm has become so powerful and we know it's powerful yeah. um and it's about feeding that gut biome in the right way and feeding it with the right foods that will send you know the set up the the right messages and in, ensure that it's functioning correctly and that our brain is able to function optimally and that's a big part with teenagers you know we see teenagers who are under more stress than ever yeah. um you know, probably more than any other time, yeah. um, you know, other than the war, I guess. Um, exams have changed, the structure has changed. Um, social media is a huge pressure, the, the pressure to look right, feel right. Um, it is, and underlying all of those things that are touch points for teenagers, usually is can be what they're eating. Yeah. And whereas we've had a control over what they're eating all their lives, suddenly we have less control and when we have less control they aren't always making the sensible choices and the sorts of foods that they're eating will be high in sugar it will you know they'll have a high they will crash afterwards um, they won't be able to retain information they will be volatile it will affect your relationship with them so and that all comes from what's going into their gut and yeah. how their gut is then responding to everything else yeah. so you know we're looking for we're looking for long lasting slow releasing energy for teenagers um we're looking to pack in the fruits and the vegetables where they don't even see it mm. um and so we're looking do that? Just so as a, as a tip for those listening because 
it's all very well saying it but how do I practically as a mum how would I do that? Lots of different ways. And again, it would. what I would do is work with you to see what you're eating at the moment. Okay. And then I would sneak them in mm-hmm. and ensure that we we added them into things that you're already doing that your teenagers like mm-hmm. without having to say, right, I'm going to tell you how to do this, this, this. But it is also a case of getting your substitutions right. So I can give you one example. Um, I, I make chocolates for the children, um, which to all intents and purposes you know they're, they're a huge treat and they're very very chocolatey so they love having that but they're packed full of nuts seeds um carob which has lots and lots of b vitamins and they're packed full of avocado and i'm going to tell you my 17 year old still doesn't know that there's avocado <laughs> in the chocolate truffles um and and he can have as many as he likes yeah because the serotonin that's coming from the cacao is wonderful. I love the fact he's getting his vitamin E and he's getting his protein from the nuts. Yeah. Um, and he's getting his, you know, the gut health contributed to with the with the avocados, which are wonderful. Avocados mm. are one of the, the complete foods. Mm. Um, another way is I will, um, I'll make my own baked beans. So mm. I, will, I will make up the sauce, first of all, and I'll whiz it to a puree and they don't know what's in that sauce. No. Um, and I will have my my, on, my red onions and my garlic and all the other sorts of things in that. And then I'll use my own organic beans. Black beans are the king of beans. So mm. I'll make sure there's some black beans. And I'll put my own sauce around the beans. Okay. So we don't ever buy a can of, you know, of baked beans anymore. No. Or I will make a um, a smooth pasta sauce. But in my pasta sauce, again, I'll, I'll have everything from mm. mushrooms to courgettes to peppers. And I might puree that so they don't know what's in it. Yeah. Now, now my children are older. So they do. I don't yeah. need to do that. Yeah. But for younger children, there's lots of ways of sneaking yeah. it in. Or, or putting it. things on the side. Or yeah. making an extra sauce to go with something. Yeah. Or roasting it so that you've roasted it with seeds and spices. Yeah. You know, for me, it's all about taste. Yeah. So I work with families to find out what are the things in your family that you love? Mm. You know, is it chilli? Is it garlic? Is it, um, you know, nigella seeds? Is it this? Is it that? And what we'll do is we'll make sure that everything's aligned to what they're used to. Mm. It's not a massive change. It's no. not a massive leap of faith and putting food in front of them that they're not going to like it's Mm. gradually Mm. making those changes changing working with the meals that they're doing right now Mm. upgrading them by adding in some other other things Mm. making that better certainly building in the the pulses the substitutes you know as i said substitute for chocolate that's easy i do a substitute for chocolate biscuits that's easy i do a substitute for granola Mm. um I have a group, so I have all my recipes in a, in a group that people are able to search um, when they work with me. Um, so it's about, you know, it's about finding something better yeah. and really connecting to it and then finding ways of sneaking different things in. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so the podcast is called Raising Successful Kids. So I ask this at the end of every podcast. So what does raising successful kids mean to you? Okay, success for me... Um, in terms of their success is is being happy and being healthy and for me they're the only two things that are important mm. for me um, nothing else matters um, my children are very clear that they have to go to school and they have to go through our exam system that um, I, I think is incredibly uh, difficult and wrong in many ways and puts them under extreme pressure as teenagers so they know that they will never have any um, pressure from me where that's concerned they know again that the most important thing is that I think that they are happy and they're healthy and they're well and that they're enjoying life great 
Thank you so much. And how can people find you? So I am on, um, so I have a website um, and my website is eatnourishflourish.com. I'm on LinkedIn where I'm very active and um, I'm there as Carrie Davis Monroe. Um, and then I am on Facebook. I have both a page and a group, Eat Nourish Flourish. And I'm on Instagram as Eat Nourish Flourish. And lastly, I have um, a YouTube channel. Okay. There's no excuse really for people to be able to find you. <laughs> oh, it's this necessary thing of having to be out there, which I have to say is tough. But, yeah. you know, it's it's a good way for people to find me. But I should, I want to be putting more out there. But my priority, you know, I know I should be doing my videos every day and I should be doing this stuff. But my priority actually is to get home and make sure my children yeah. have got dinner. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that is that that's otherwise I don't feel real. No, no, no. And at the end of the day, if, if your family aren't a priority, then, you know, how can you coach other people to exactly. have their families as priority? Exactly. Okay, yeah. so if we've got, um, and I know we do have people listening from other parts of the world, mm. can they um, take part in your program? Yes. As a Absolutely. Okay, so Everything I do. Have to be in person. No, most of my consultations, in actual fact, take place over Zoom. Okay. Um, and my transformational mastermind um, includes a closed Facebook group okay. where we can have our webinars and where I will put my videos. Um, so you don't need to ever meet me to, to be able to work with me. I mean, that's the beauty, I guess, of the way that we all work nowadays. Yeah. Um, we can work remotely. I can work with people in different time zones. Mm. Um, it's it's all possible. And that's certainly, you know, just as effective as, mm. as coming and sitting face to face with me. Great. But they can do that if they want to. As well. Absolutely. And that's <laughs> lovely too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've really enjoyed sitting. I mean, we're sitting out in the countryside <laughs> on a golf course. You might be able to hear people walking past. Mm -hmm. uh, sun is shining. It's a beautiful day here. So I've really enjoyed our time sitting out and talking about um, how important our relationship to food is. And when we're looking at how we raise our kids and those kids that we work with, um, how we understand their relationship with food and then not necessarily changing it but just enhancing what they do so thank you very much it's been great thank um, you and if anybody would like to drop a comment about what you've heard um, then please do let me know either on the Facebook group or on Instagram or email me let me know if you want anything else particularly on the podcast and I'll see what I can do about that but um, until we meet again let's do all we can to keep uh, raising our kids to think and be successful. Mm -hmm.